0: Stand Firm Ministries, Biblical Truth, taught by Dr. Shane Perez.
1: So today we're going to look at Psalm 91. Now, just a few weeks ago, we preached on um, God being our provider, Jehovah Jireh. Now, that's probably a name of God that you're probably uh, familiar with. Maybe you've heard that name before, but have have you ever heard of Elohim Shamri means God, our protector. So, we'd we'll turn in your Bibles to Psalm ninety-one. This whole passage talks about God being the protector. So, I'm going to read uh, the whole chapter here. Psalm ninety-one: He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. A 1,000 may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you and all your ways." They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my name salvation i will say the lord he is my refuge and my fortress my god in whom i trust what i want to make clear to you today and get you to think about a little bit is how god is our protector and i think that's something that maybe we don't spend a lot of time thinking about like we'll read this passage and and we'll say yeah uh, David probably had reason for saying some of that. He was being chased uh, many times with his life in danger. And God would always be protecting it. And then sometimes we look at our own life and say, but when I look at my life, maybe there's a lot of bad things that's happened to you or me. And we feel like God hasn't done as good a job protecting us. When in reality, he has protected us many times. If we really We really think about it. So today I want to reflect a little bit on how God protects us and the different ways that he protects us. The three things we're going to look at today is God protects us by his wisdom, his discipline, and then by removing opportunities. God protects us by his wisdom in Proverbs 1, 4 and 5. It says, For prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. God gives us wisdom through His Word. So if He gives us wisdom through His Word, and we're not reading and meditating and studying His Word, guess what we're not getting? His wisdom and what he does there is he provides guidance through his wisdom a lot of times we give we give the Bible and we give God a bad a bad name and a bad reputation because we look at God as, as all these things um, it's just some dictator that tells us all these things we can't do but what we don't focus on is why is he telling us not to do those things there are consequences for doing those things. You can say there's consequences for disobeying God, but God designed us and He knows what's best for us. And so many things He tells us not to do is because we were not designed to do them and they have terrible consequences. It's amazing. Uh, People that are in... um, different programs and, and, and need counseling and maybe yourself had and needed counseling or been in some rehabs or different things like that. And it's amazing how so many times we get ourselves in such a, a messed up funk because of not obeying God's Word. I can look back at my life and see hundreds of times where I would not do what God told me to do and I suffered consequences for it. When in reality, God was telling us not to do those things to protect us. And I think as church, a lot of times we do a bad job do that, and as even youth ministers or so forth, because for for young people, we're given these lists of things not to do, but we don't explain very clearly enough that there's a reason why we don't need to do those things, and that there's very bad consequences that go with those things. So God provides guidance for us. He designed us. He created us so he knows how we best should live. And it also keeps us from doing evil. When we talk about having faith in God, you know, when you say that you're a Christian, you're telling yourself and you're telling the world and you're telling God, I trust you. But you know when we don't obey what he tells us to do, you know what we're telling God? I don't trust you. But it's amazing when we trust God how we spare ourselves of such uh, so many bad things. But God wants what's best for us. An amazing thing about God's word is it gives us directions in so many different areas. In morality, it tells you what is right and what is wrong. As we're saying in our day and age, if you don't have a standard to go by, then who gets to decide what's right or wrong? Well, years ago, we said, well, the majority of people will decide, and you know, everybody has a base sense of morality, so we'll all see things the same way. That's not true today. It's getting crazy out there. Can't even define what a woman is. It is getting... It is getting crazy. But not only does he tell us about morality, how we should live, but he also gives us even like rules on society, on government. What should a government look like? There's a reason when our country was founded, it was founded on the principle that we are free and that freedom was given to us not by a government but by God. And if God gives us that freedom, no government is higher than God, so no government can take away that freedom. That's the basis of our country. But then if you take away God, then what is your basis for freedom? There is no basis. So guess what starts getting taken away? That's why in every socialist and communist country that has ever existed, one of the first things that happens is they've got to take out religion and Christianity. Every single country. A lot of times it happens quickly. In our country, I think it's been more of a slow fade. Well, let's just get prayer out of school in the 60s and 70s and get the Ten Commandments out very slowly. And then just seemed like a decade ago, they're taking down all the crosses because it offends people. And now it's to the point where you can't hardly have any values that are Christian or you're considered racist or, or hatred towards some group of people. Things are getting pretty bad. And I want to give you a little glimpse on how bad things are. I got a little video of, by Tucker Carlson. It's a little long. It's about eight minutes. But you need to pay very close attention to, to what he's saying as far as the details but also to the big picture because this is what we're seeing happen in our country and it's almost happening at a pace um, that's sort of slow so that we're letting it happen and we're not resisting it because it's so slow sort of and gradual and, and sort of subtle. But you need to be aware of what's going on in our country nowadays because this is the result of what happens when we don't pay attention to god's wisdom
2: good evening and welcome to tucker carlson Tonight. happy friday in your head you always imagine the revolution when it starts will start with tanks and gunfire with chaos and soldiers in the street you'll know when it comes but it never does instead the really big changes to american life the profound ones that affect all of us forever those changes almost always begin quietly with gentle pleas for tolerance We'd like to do things a little differently, they tell you. We'd like to make a change to some customer belief that people have been attached to for the last few thousand years. But don't be alarmed. It's not a big deal. You don't even need to participate. All we ask is that you let us live the way we want to live. That's always the pitch. And of course, you always agree to it. Why wouldn't you? Who could say no to that? Some guy down the street wants to wear a dress? Okay, fine. Have a party. It doesn't affect you. You don't have to wear a dress. So go ahead. Live and let live. But it turns out that's never actually the deal. The guy down the street wears his dress, but after a while, that's not enough for him. He's still angry. And for some reason, he's angry with you. And that doesn't make sense because you're the person who had no problem with him wearing a dress in the first place. What did you do wrong? Well, the problem is you're not wearing a dress and neither are your kids. Your normal person clothes, the ones you've always worn, are suddenly immoral. You've got to change immediately. Whoa, wait a second, you say. That's not what we agreed to. You do your thing and I'll do mine. Remember? <laughs> they don't remember. They don't care. That's not how it works. You don't get to do your thing anymore. The dress guy's in charge now. Everybody's got to do his thing, the dress thing, or face punishment. That's how it goes. Be tolerant becomes show some respect. WHICH EVOLVES VERY QUICKLY INTO BOW DOWN BEFORE US AND LICK OUR FEET OR ELSE WE'LL HURT YOU. THAT'S THE FINAL STAGE. THAT'S WHERE WE ARE NOW. FOR EXAMPLE, A DEMOCRATIC LAWMAKER IN VIRGINIA CALLED ELIZABETH GUZMAN IS INTRODUCING A BILL THAT WILL CHARGE PARENTS WITH A FELONY, STRIP THEM OF THEIR EMPLOYMENT, AND IMPRISON THEM IF THEY DON'T WHOLEHEARTEDLY ENDORSE THEIR MINOR CHILDREN'S SEX CHANGES. SO YOUR 12-YEAR-OLD DAUGHTER SAYS SHE WANTS A mastectomy. IF YOU OBJECT TO THAT IN ANY WAY, If you raise questions, Elizabeth Guzman will send you to jail for real. Here's a local news report. Her bill would expand the state's definition of child abuse and neglect to include parents who do not affirm their child's gender identity or sexual orientation?
1: There is an investigation also in place that is not only, you know, from a social worker, but there is also a police investigation before we make the decision that there is going to be a CPS charge.
2: What could the penalties be if, you know, the investigation concludes and it's concluded that a parent is not affirming of their LGBTQ child? What could the
1: consequences be? Well, we first have to have an investigation. You know, it could. Be- be a felony, it could be a misdemeanor, but we know that a CPS charge could harm, you know, your employment, could harm your education.
2: So, who is this Elizabeth Guzman? Well, Elizabeth Guzman came to this country not so long ago from Peru as a single mother. Now, rather than wait a while, maybe spend a few generations here before telling you how to raise your children in America. SHE'S DECIDED TO GET RIGHT TO IT AND COMPLETELY CHANGE CHILD REARING IN THIS COUNTRY IN A WAY THAT WOULD NEVER BE TOLERATED FOR A SECOND IN THE COUNTRY FROM WHICH SHE COMES. TRY THAT IN THE ANDES, HONEY, AND SEE HOW THAT WORKS. YEAH. BUT IN THIS COUNTRY, ACCORDING TO ELIZABETH GUZMAN, YOU HAVE TO AFFIRM YOUR CHILD'S SEX CHANGE OR ELSE YOU'RE GOING TO PRISON AND THE STATE WILL RAISE YOUR KIDS. YOU GOT TO THINK, MAYBE THEY'VE WANTED THIS FOR A WHILE. WHAT WOULD THIS MEAN? WELL, IT WOULD MEAN FEWER INTACT FAMILIES. IT WOULD MEAN PEOPLE LIKE ELIZABETH GUZMAN MAKE THE DECISIONS, THE MEANINGFUL DECISIONS WITHIN YOUR HOUSE. IT MEANS LESS RESISTANCE FROM YOU. IT MEANS MORE POWERFUL THEM. WHAT IT DOESN'T MEAN IS THAT ELIZABETH GUZMAN WILL BE PROTECTING YOUR KIDS. SHE DOESN'T EVEN CLAIM THIS LAW WILL PROTECT YOUR KIDS. INSTEAD, SHE ACKNOWLEDGES THE WHOLE POINT IS TO, QUOTE, EDUCATE PARENTS. RIGHT. So. LIKE THE COVID VACCINE, THIS IS A PRETTY EASY WAY TO FIGURE OUT WHO'S ON WHICH SIDE. ARE YOU FOR THIS? OKAY, YOU'RE ON OUR TEAM. YOU'RE WILLING TO SURRENDER CONTROL OF YOUR OWN CHILDREN TO ELIZABETH GUZMAN WHO AGAIN, JUST GOT HERE. BUT IF YOU'RE NOT FOR IT, THEN WE KNOW YOU'RE NOT ON OUR TEAM. WE KNOW WHO YOU ARE. WE CAN SILENCE YOU. WE CAN PUNISH YOU BECAUSE YOU REFUSE TO BE EDUCATED. SO IT'S A SIGNALING MECHANISM. AND YOU KNOW THAT BECAUSE THE IDEOLOGY THAT UNDERLIES IT, GENDER IDEOLOGY, IS COMPLETELY INCOHERENT. IT DOESN'T MAKE ANY SENSE AT ALL. IT IS NOT ROOTED IN SCIENCE. IT'S A FORM OF RELIGION THAT'S SO CRAZY, IT DARES YOU TO SAY SOMETHING ABOUT IT. WHAT? YOU CAN'T EVEN SAY THAT. IF YOU DO, THEY KNOW YOU'RE ON THE OTHER SIDE. SO NO SANE, sane PERSON COULD BELIEVE ANY OF THIS VOLUNTARILY. IT DOESN'T EVEN MAKE SENSE ON ITS FACE. AGAIN, IT'S A RELIGION. AND IF YOU RESIST IT, THEY resort immediately. To force. No questions allowed. Again, this is science. And the essence of science is relentless questioning about what you think you know is true. That is the scientific method. That's science itself. But it's no longer allowed. The American Medical Association, which has utterly beclouded itself, along with the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Children's Hospital Association, just sent a letter to the Attorney General of the United States demanding that the Biden administration, and we're quoting, take swift action to investigate and prosecute high profile users on social media who have engaged in, quote, disinformation. <laughs> you hate to always invoke the German government of 80 years ago, but what else is that? That's totalitarian. They're saying if you disagree with what we're doing, people with guns should come and take you away. Now, you'd think some of the media would point out, wow, you know, we, we can't have that in the United States where people are free to believe what they want and to talk about it in public and to ask questions. In fact, they should be encouraged to. But the media don't say anything like that. They're joining with the Children's Hospital Association, the AMA, to call for more censorship at gunpoint. Watch. Obviously, the question becomes then, when misinformation, disinformation is being spread, when hate and threats are being spread, where are the social media companies? What's YouTube doing? What's Twitter doing? And of course, then you have the reaction to that. Oh, this is big tech silencing people. It always becomes a debate about free speech, doesn't it? It does. You know, last week Twitter suspended Libs of TikTok um, specifically for the policy against the promotion of threats, uh, violence and harassment. So great job, right? Um, But it's been seven days and Libs of TikTok is back now and they're tweeting right this very minute. This is violence. This is harassment. It's clear what these accounts are doing. It's so funny. Back to the point at the open, when the revolution comes, there won't be tanks and soldiers. There won't be stormtroopers and all uniforms and symbols. It'll be some unmarried 30-year-old woman talking in a sing-songy voice, inflection at the end, right, right? Her special glasses or complex glasses that don't actually improve her vision. She'll have all kinds of pointless humanities degrees, and she'll be on cable news saying, right, it's violence. And what she's really saying is, shut up and obey or we'll hurt you.
1: When I saw that this week, I thought it was pretty eye-opening, and I thought it was pretty accurate of what we see going on in our country today. And I think it could be totally laid at the feet because we're getting away from God's Word. There's wisdom in God's Word. There's a reason why the founding Fathers built our nation nation on truths from God's Word. And once we fade away from those and get away from those, then we lose God's protection and we really just fall into madness and craziness. And that's where we're going. That's where we're going. But God can protect us. God can protect us as a nation when we follow his word. God can protect us um, as individuals when we follow the wisdom from God's word. Now, I feel like I say that quite often. Read God's word. Read God's word. Because most of us don't read God's word. So we can get caught up in, in lies and, and drama and deception and just get confused because we're not paying attention don't know the wisdom of God's Word. God has built a way to protect us by giving us wisdom. But we must read and study and pay attention and learn God's wisdom. God not only protects us by His wisdom, but He protects us by His discipline. In Hebrews 12, 5 and 6, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Don't you hate it when people talk about the Lord's discipline? I hate it. I don't know how many times God has disciplined me through many ways and I don't know, just such a variety of things that God would do to discipline me. And I would imagine if you pay attention, He's done the same to you. Now the problem is really is our reaction to it. First of all, we need to understand God disciplines us because He cares for us. I know our children never understand that. They just think we're mean. We're mean and evil and that's the only reason why we punish them and we don't want them to have any fun. That's what we thought when we were a kid too, right? But then as you get older, you're doing it because you're trying to protect your kids. Maybe you don't want them to go to a certain person's house. Maybe you don't want them to go to a certain place. Maybe you don't want them to watch certain things. All these things, you're protecting your kid. And then when he does those things, then you incorporate discipline. When they do things that are not right. If you didn't care about your kid, you wouldn't care what they did. Sure, go ahead. I don't care what you do. And yeah, you lied to me. Oh, well, so what? I don't really care either. But those you care about, you discipline. As a parent, you discipline your children. When we think of God, when you think of God, discipline is because he cares for us. cares like a parent. And the thing about it, we need to embrace His love and discipline. We don't have to love it, but when it happens, instead of getting mad and and have a little pity party and pouting about it for a few days, we should thank God. Thank you, God, for disciplining me. I don't enjoy it. I don't like it. But I know there's a reason for it and I know the reason why you're doing it is because you love me. Proverbs 12:1. I don't know if you've ever you've ever read that verse or maybe read it in this particular uh, version, uh, but in our Bibles, and in our this is New International Version, and I know ours is a little uh, different uh, sometimes in just uh, some other New International Versions, but if you look at this verse in, in our Blue Bibles that we use here in Proverbs 12, 1, It says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But whoever hates correction is stupid. That's what it says. Exactly what it says. So I put in here about God's discipline, you're stupid if you don't embrace God's discipline. You know it's the best thing for you. I don't know if any of y'all were ever coaches or or been on a team and had a coach or something like that. But the coach will spend a lot of time correcting your weaknesses, things that are you doing wrong, because he wants you to be a, a better player or a better performer. But if the coach didn't care, he wouldn't correct you. Now, if you're a good athlete and you're aiming to be very good, then you take that, that critiques that he gives you And you work on them because you know, hey, if I listen, the coach knows what he's doing. If I listen to him, I'll be better for it. That's the sort of attitude we need to have towards God when he disciplines us. I don't like it, but thank you, God, and help me to become a better person because of it. God not only protects us by giving us wisdom and giving us discipline, the last one is by removing opportunities. Now this one's uh, for me, I put this one in there. Not that it necessarily goes with the other two, but it's, it's more personal for me. I'll read Romans eight twenty eight before I go any further. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Do you know God removes opportunities from us you ever got mad at God for removing an opportunity I know in my life so many times I would want something and I would go after something and sometimes it was sinful and selfish sometimes it was just because of something I wanted and it wasn't even bad but God would remove that opportunity and my response is I get mad Turn my back on God a little bit. Well, why can't I have that? Why can't I get that? I deserve that. I want that. That will make me happy. And then you get sort of bitter at God. Turn your back to Him a little bit, thinking that should have been yours. Like a three-year-old. But God will remove opportunities. And I put Romans 8, 28, because that's the way we need to look at it. We need to be thankful. God has got everything in His hands. Everything that happens to us, God is in control of. And it's amazing how many things we pout and cry and complain about. When I believe many of those things are for our own protection. God is protecting us. So number one, you've got to understand that. And don't be disappointed In things that God removes from you. Understand that He's in control. He knows what He's doing. He's going to take care of you. You're going to be good. But that doesn't mean you get everything you want. Don't be disappointed, but also be thankful how God is protecting you. There's this old secular song I used to listen to when I was a teenager. You know, some music, there's different genres of music. There's this one particular kind of music. It was more depressing music. So when I'd be down or whatever, I'd listen to this music. It's slow and it's mellow. And it's talking about all bad things happen happened to them in life or, or so forth. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, there's this line from this song that I still remember from this day. And the guy's singing, and the line is, How am I going to keep myself away from me? And when I think about that, it makes me think about how God protects us so much by keeping the decision, keeping me from making really bad decisions by removing things. Removing opportunities could be removing people, could be removing jobs. But God is in control, and he helps us so much, and he protects us even when we don't see it that way, even when it hurts, even when it's sad. But we've got to understand we are very sinful, selfish people, and our tendency is to sin. And that's to, and no matter how much we try and, and we have the Spirit of God in us that can help guide us, but it's so easy for us just to ignore or to block. Our tendency is to sin, and so God has to um, reach out and do the protecting himself. And sometimes it's taken away situations that uh, we either want to be in or, or things we want to pursue. I'll give you a list of things in my life where I thought I would be and I thought I wanted, and God would take them away and put me in a totally another direction. And you can get bitter and frustrated and disappointed or so forth. Or you can just be thankful and understand God knows what He's doing. So we can relax a little bit. Don't have to take everything so personal. And just be thankful that God is taking care of you. Because in so many cases, God is protecting us. Not necessarily from the outside world, but from even ourselves. I like the end of Psalm ninety one. Verses fourteen through sixteen I'll read them again. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I will protect him from the knowledge, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him, I will be with him in trouble, I will deliver him and honor him with long life while I satisfy him and show him my salvation. God sort of concludes here. He gives person protection because they love Him and call upon Him. When you call upon God, that means you're trusting in God. When you thank God for disciplining you, when you thank for the God when He's removing opportunities, that's showing that you're trusting God. You trust Him and you're showing your love for Him. I think one thing that we've got to make clear here to make you really grasp this uh, whole idea of God protecting you is that God has a love for you. And hopefully you've learned this since you were young. Jesus loves me this I know. Jesus really does love you. And He's got everything under control. Everything is in His hands. So everything that's taken place is because of His love for you very frustrating that so many people are leaving the Christian faith because bad things happen to them and they get mad at God. Bad things happen to everybody. Working with teenagers, you hear the or working with young kids and teenagers, you hear the phrase all the time, it's not fair. Get so tired of that. Life is not fair. There's not a fairness here. Well, actually, if we were fair, we're sinners. What do we deserve? Do we really want fairness? But God loves us. He protects us. He provides ways for us to be protected by His Word. He gives us discipline. He removes opportunity. And we show Him our love and we express our love by trusting in Him. But we must understand that He loves us so much. I think that's one thing lost in Christianity today. We become more religious and it's less about a personal relationship with God. Understand how much God loves you. I think one of the things most people are seeking is for acceptance and love from others. You hate to disappoint others. You want your parents to love you. You want your friends to love you. You want your um, family members to love you. You want your co-workers to love you. You want everybody to like you and accept you and so forth. But the only person we really, the only being that we really need to worry about is God. And nobody will have more love for us than God. And when we have God's love, that's all we need if you're looking for love from people uh, and other things, it never will be enough. People will always disappoint you. And you will always disappoint other people. But God will never disappoint. And He's protecting us because He loves us.
0: Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so. Let one who move me along They are weak but he is strong. Yes Jesus loves me. Yes Jesus loves me. Yes Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so.
1: I've got a friend
0: Closer than a brother There is no judgment Oh, how he loves me I've got a friend And he is my strength He is my portion With me in the valley With me in the fire With me in the storm This lesson encourages you and equips you to minister to others with your walk as a Christian. We would love to hear from you. Drop us an email at StandFirmMinistries at Yahoo.com.